Blog Talk Radio. Convention coverage this whole week. We're going to present day two uh, for you today, or a lot of excerpts from day two, and uh, why that's being um, almost being finished, put together as we speak. I think we have Lloyd on the other line. If he's chimed in, Lloyd, are you there back on the East Coast? Yes, you know, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah, we do hear you. And thanks for joining us again today. And uh, ha- have you been following the convention there in Philly at all? Have you been? Uh, I know we've been doing a lot, a lot yeah, of coverage actually, here. Actually, let me put it this way: when I've gotten a chance, but it's been it's been uh, it's been blasted. It's been put across. Uh, Michelle Obama spoke, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Kamala, mm-hmm. uh, Kamala Harris, and gonna, she's going to speak today. Harris is going to speak today. Oh. Well, well, what I was going to say, what I have been getting is a lot of uh, what I would say negative, a lot of negative publicity in regards to Ms. Ms. Harris. But uh, yeah, but in answer to your question, it's been it's been going it's been going off, it's been going through along with this whole thing with the postal service. So we're going to see what happens. But uh, I hope that uh, they have a very good uh, convention. And I hope some strong stuff comes out of it, some strong movement comes out of it. So, yeah, yeah, we've been getting it along with everything else. Well, that's good. Let's uh, talk about that Postal Service again. You may have heard the news that they are not going to make any changes until after the election. I've just announced, uh, I guess it was last night or this morning. So there there are no, there are going to be no changes to the Postal Service and no removing of sorters and so forth till after the election. I guess enough people spoke out and there's been enough news and so forth regarding what they were doing and what, what Trump was what seemingly apparently going to attempt to do to disrupt the Postal Service well, so mail order ballots could not. Let me finish. Well, one of the things that, let me finish. One of the so things, I, yeah, one of the things me, I wanted to me, say about that is that they – I don't know where this is happening in certain areas. I know it has happened at least over in this region where they've had some problems with the slowness of getting those ballots out, number one. And then number two, some of the uh, uh, – uh, I don't know how they're doing this with the machines or what have you. So a lot of stuff has been removed from the uh, from the post office. So even with that being said, there's still – things that are happening with this whole process that people don't like it's it, it seems like it's being tampered with let me interrupt you here it was it was and of course they made an announcement uh, yesterday it was yesterday that uh, there will be no uh, disruptions there will be no machines moved there will be no changes in the right. united states postal service till after the election and that came through yesterday um and so we're very glad to 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 hear of that news and we'll see how the uh, the Postal Service handles the um, the mail-order ballots. And it seemed like, you know, I don't know if you heard today's press conference with Donald Trump. He uh, said today um, that if the Democrats won, 
the only way that would happen would be if the election were rigged. There's no way that Joe Biden could win unless the election were rigged. But if he you said that. he said that, and if you look at every single poll, and even even the Trump News poll, excuse me, the Fox News poll, um, every single poll shows Biden significantly ahead. Uh, in many many cases, double-digit leads, far more uh, than Hillary Clinton ever had. Um, and and I think, and what they're saying now is, if he won't leave if he won't concede the election and let's say there's there's a you know and, and by the way there will not be an announcement of the victor um, on election day um, it'll probably take a good part of the rest of that week or maybe slightly longer before all the votes are tabulated uh before wow. a a victor because of all the mail order mail order <laughs> mail yeah. order, uh, yeah. <laughs> <mail> order ballots <laughs> um and they've all got to be counted. Every, sing, every single vote is important. That's why we want to encourage everybody to, to make sure they exercise that one right we all do have here in this country, every American citizen has, uh, and that is the right to vote. And we're hoping that everybody gets out there and exercises this right. It's more important now than it ever, ever was. Uh, and uh, we got to vote as though our life depends on it, and indeed it just might. But um, anyway, what they're saying is now that the uh, – um, if if – Trump does not concede that there will be numbers taking to the streets that this country has never seen before. And what Joe Biden has said uh, months ago was, you know, when asked, what, do you think, because people have said this, and, and they asked him, do you think that it's true what people are saying, that Trump might actually have to be physically removed? And Biden's Remember response, we talked about that. We did talk right. about that. Oh, yeah, probably. I think it showed probably yeah. going back to last it, month. It, yeah, we it, did. It, we did. Right. It's been archived in the show. So, yep. so that was asked. That was asked this week. Of, no, of, of uh, no, that was asked, that was asked when we spoke about it about a, about a month ago or so when we spoke about it on the show. Do you remember what the Do you remember what the response was? Yeah, he said he said that he thought that uh, it wouldn't. You know, he he thought that just might have to be physically removed from the White House. That was you know, and, okay. and I, I, I'm I'm thinking now, and I I think. You know what what Trump has said that um, you know that what his what his fans are saying uh, his disciples uh, Trump in uh, in 2020 Trump again in 2024 Trump president for life you know they find a way find a way to keep the guy in find, I don't know what it is it, you know it just shows Trump it, it, just Trump shows it, it just shows what an uneducated stupid stupid republic we have you know it, it truly does it goes to show what what an uneducated, stupid republic we have here in America. Okay. And and there's no there's, there's no other way to put it. I mean, cut right to the chase. Call it what it. And what did Trump say? Is which they said in the Democratic National Convention quite a few times. This keeps coming up. He'll re, he'll regret saying these words forever. It is what it is. It is what hmm. it is, Donald. And it, you know something? He's right. It is what it is. Americans want you out. And you will be removed. What the hell is that even? I, I mean, when people use that, <laughs> and I'm not even. What the hell does that mean? I'm not. I'm not even only talking about in regards to politics. It is what it is. No, that that is one of the most stupidest, insane, inane, in the member. Like whatever. Uh, no, no, no. It, there is a there is a difference between right and wrong. What you know that make me want to slap them or whatever. Especially if a kid say that. What it is, what it is. Mac, 
oops upside the head is what needs to happen. But anyhow, go go ahead. Stop yeah, going. but that's but you, 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 you yeah, and 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 I will I will reiterate what uh, what Donald Trump said. It is what it is, and, and right now they ran computer models of forty thousand election scenarios. Forty thousand election scenarios run by computer model. And in 76 out of 100, uh, Joe Biden wins, and 20-something out of 100, Donald Trump wins. Uh, in thousands out of, out of you know, computer models, they ran it up and down, back and forth, changing all sorts of states. If they went this way, if they went this way, if they got – if they got one Trump, if this state won Trump, if this state won Biden, all sorts of combinations in every single scenario that they ran, every single one. And that's if the election were ran today. That in over seventy over seventy out of one hundred times, Joe Biden wins this thing, and I think that uh, that Donald Trump is absolutely scared. I mean, he he can't he cannot he cannot accept defeat. He cannot accept the fact that he's wrong, that he's been wrong, that he's not qualified to lead, um, and he he just cannot live up to that. It's not who he is. It's not within his fiber. Okay. I, but I, we are, I, I, you know, we are going to show. We are going. As soon as we're finished editing here, as soon as it run down to me, uh, we are going to present um, day two highlights. A lot of day two. We're going to run the. Uh, this would be yesterday's Democratic National Convention. We're going to bypass the roll call outside of uh, Biden's home state of Delaware. We'll put that in here for obviously obvious reasons. But um, we're going to present that in just a couple of minutes here. We're going to uh, – what else is going on in the news today, uh, Lloyd, why, we're, why I'm waiting to get this uh, feed? Well, one of the things that I found out was that, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to go into too much. You and I talked about this, and I'm just going to touch on a couple of small things. Um Everybody and their friend and, and, and what have you have come out of the woodworks against uh, 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 Kamala, uh, Kamala, Kamala. They've had, they, there was a guy in the NBA. Uh, he's, been, he's been dismissed. Uh, well, let me, let me say in the bubble. He was a press guy who actually ended up finding uh, um, a button and a shirt that said, uh, and, and, and this, is, this is not me for anybody that's listening. This is out of total disrespect to women, and this is out of total disrespect to the vice presidential candidate and also Joe Biden. And it's, a, and it's a total disrespect to the political process, regardless of whether you're Republican, independent, or Democratic, or, or what happens. Uh, and you can actually look at this. There was a button and a slogan that said Joe and the Ho. Mm. And you and I right, and you and I talked about this. We talked about the people coming out of the woodwork when we talked last week about individuals that want to run for uh, 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 the office of president and vice president in this country. Mm-hmm. How people are going to come out of the woodwork. She's mm-hmm. been uh, talked about about her ethnic her ethnicity whether or not she's a true American, uh, whether or not she's Well, that's a been dismissed. That, that, that came out, but, but it's ignored and dismissed. I mean, a lot of the stuff yeah. you hear, you got to dismiss it. I mean, just not, it's not even worth talking about because it's so ludicrous. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So this stuff is coming yeah. up. 
There's also the thing, and, 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 and let's go back, and I can't talk about this enough because um, one of uh, one uh, our uh, producer was just in, uh, I think he's still in Atlanta, but the thing with the virus has, and this is not even the this is not a, even the end of the first wave. We are still in the first wave, and mm-hmm. it's rough. It's it yeah. is really, really rough. I've I've talked to some people in um, in California, as well as also Florida, Atlanta, and here, and how it's still affecting people to the point wherein um, we already talked about the fact that. They're going to uh, um, uh, postpone the start of the school year in many areas. But uh, I was talking to my nephew today who's now in uh, Vegas, and and, and, and there are a lot of people that are still not wearing a mask, uh, still just completely of of, of the brainwashed opinion that there's nothing to be that concerned about. Kids have now gotten sick, and 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 this has metastasized to uh, to animals. So we're still in the throes of that, and the second wave has not even hit us yet. So, uh, that, that, oh wait a minute, hold on. One other thing, right quick, since you talked about about in the news. For those mm-hmm. that did not hear this, whether or not you believe in in in, in God or you're Christian, that that's not the case here, or higher power, or you could be a complete atheist or what have you. We've had fire tornadoes, fire tornadoes in California. Yes, everybody, fire tornadoes and sightings of UFOs. So on the Andy Kimball Coast to Coast, Lloyd Booker and Andy Kimball Show, Ebony and Ivory, you get a little bit of everything. Fire tornadoes have hit. <laughs> have hit the California, the West Coast, along with, on our end, we've had regular tornadoes and, and, and um, the bad weather and the heat waves. So what is this, hell on earth? Are we going to hell in a handbasket? Uh, what's the deal here, Jack? I mean, somebody somewhere sitting back and they pissed off at what we're doing to one another and what we're doing to Mother Earth. So... I mean, we 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 got a lot of things happening, man. We have a lot of things happening that are in the news, and how are we going to deal with everything and also one another? So, along with the violence that's beginning to rise up again in places like Portland, with the uh, riots, and also in Chicago and in Philadelphia, where the murder rates have skyrocketed out of control, record proportions. So. I don't know, maybe we're going to get together, drink a Pepsi, and everybody join hands and sing Kumbaya, I hope. I'm not making fun of that. I know. Yeah. Well, the, the, you know, the, the, the uh, fire tornadoes have a, obviously a physical phenomenon that can be explained. Uh, what happens when you get a you know, wind gust and swirls and downdrafts and, and the midst of, a, of a, you know, the type of wildfires we have in California, that is not an unnatural phenomenon. As a matter of fact, it, it's, it's quite common given particular weather um, uh, you know, criteria. So that is not unusual. Uh, and, but yes, the, the, fact that, the fact that, that, we're, that we're having, uh, you know, we've had these crazy, you know, the wildfires in California have been just, you know, going 
gone nuts. So we've had, it has been like Philadelphia or East Coast weather out here in California the last few days. It's been not only hot, but just in that Philadelphia August humidity that you typically get, typically get it's been just yeah. so uncomfortable. It has been so what? uncomfortable. So out yeah, I can't believe you? I've been I've been out here for quite some time now, and uh, I've never. You must have lost you must have lost a lot of weight then, though. I'm telling you, it, it's it is it is humid and uncomfortable and hot. Normally, it can be a hundred. You know, outside of L.A., if you're not down on the west side, that's west of the 405, where you know it tends to be cooler down there with the water. Uh, but if you're east of, let's say, downtown L.A. and down towards the, the mm-hmm. San Gabriel Valley area, mm-hmm. uh, it, it can be easily 101, 103, 97, and this time of year. But the, oh yeah, typically. But the thing is, you know, July and, and August, it wouldn't be that unusual. Not consistently, but to have a week here, a few days there, it's, it's not unusual at all. But the difference is that is it's dry. It's dry. That's so you don't you know you feel you, you feel the sting of the heat of the sun, but it's dry. You don't have that humidity that you get on the east coast. Uh but I'll tell you something, the last few days here have been just outright miserable. My gosh. I'm, what happened to your what happened to your pro, man? Your orange pro. I well, mean I, is that I, is that well, just... the, the humidity makes it all come all back, you know, it gets all the moisture in the air makes it all, you know. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, so you, so you got it. It, it, it didn't, it didn't lost the frizziness. Now it's straight. <laughs> no, well, I think it's a little. Frizz. It's got some of that frizziness back now. I think, I think some of it's back. Okay, I'll keep it posted. I'll keep, I'll keep our listeners posted on the status of my hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they want to know about the hair, man. Whether or not you braiding it, flatten it, 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 or. Oh yeah. yeah okay. We, we... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Hey, listen, wait a minute. Are we the only ones on here? Is the, is Cornell on here with us? I think he's I think he's uh, chimed in. I'm not sure if he's. Let me see if I can dial him in here. Hold on a second. Let's see. If, hey, Cornell, you here? Hey guys. Okay. I guess. Hey, there he oh, is. Oh, okay. Hey, how, how are you doing? doing? Wondering if you are. You ain't sleep, are you? No, no, no. I just ate some southern cooking. That's what I did. Oh, 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 oh. So you, so, uh, oh, okay. Some so you fish, eat hog balls and collard greens and oh, all of that kind of stuff. No. I'm eating the seafood. I'm eating some shrimps and yeah, you know right. stuff. Uh, I want to hear that. You get you getting ready to fall asleep? <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'm not. I, I, I gotta eat that peach cobbler first. <laughs> oh, I want some oh. of that. Oh my god. Oh my god. Can you send me an don't get, don't, get, don't get us started. Don't get him started. <laughs> We start talking man eating yeah. cobbler. He got he got some soul in him. That stuff is good, boy. That's it. that's why you ain't saying nothing. You usually saying something. You back there getting ready to fall asleep, farting, fall asleep. That's what you getting ready to do. Man, Georgia Georgia hospitality, man. Oh, Savannah, Georgia got the best food. Gotta love it. Yeah. How's your father-in-law doing, Cornell? I know you went down there because your father-in-law was was ill. Is he doing okay? Well, he's he's he, he's doing he's doing great, man. I truly appreciate you for acting. Well, he's doing good, good man. All that stuff. We Thank here on the Coast to Coast show and our audience wishes him um, all the very best and the speedy recovery, whatever ails him. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. He has yeah. that. Um, he has that. What CPT or something like that? What's the name of it when you can't breathe that good? What's it? Uh oh. You can't breathe. Chronic obstructive pulmonary. Something like that. You can't breathe. You need the oxygen everywhere you go. Something like that. Yes. Oh, it's, you know, yeah. Since, since COPD. That, it's called COPD. COPD. That's what it yeah, is. Right. Okay. And since you said that, I don't want to belabor the point. Um, first of all, is he 
Is he in the hospital? Is he at home? Where, where is he exactly? Oh, actually, 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 he's home right now. He's he came home. He's doing better and all that stuff. They gave him something. Yeah, he was in basically. He was in the hospital. He got the test and everything. Everything was fine and everything. The big test. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, because he had, that's a big precursor. Does he understand what's happening outside? Yes, yes. He's he's practicing social distance and all that other stuff. And um, he's just living life. How is that going? How life. is that down there? Well, it's 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 kind of it's kind of different. Give it to us straight. Give it to us straight, man, because the people want to know straight with no chaser. How's that going down there? You because we heard about the simple people in Georgia and all of that other stuff. So how was it down well, there? Well, 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 a lot of from what I understand, a lot of people, you know, like young 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 people are they practicing, but then you see a few that's not practicing. You know, when you come up north, you see a lot of people wear their masks. You know what I'm saying? So. Folks, folks, I hate to disrupt you. The power to be just gave me the green light that day two is ready to go here on the Coast to Coast right, Show. Our continuing, our continuing coverage of the Democrat National Convention, and we'll continue this again tomorrow uh, covering day three. Um, and uh, let's go ahead and play this. We're going to uh, – it should have enough time. It might might have to cut it a little bit short and get in and, uh, before our show ends here. But uh, we're going to play it. Okay, so, great. Uh, so you guys hang in. You're get free to in. listen like to. We're going to go ahead and start day two of the Democrat National Convention. Oh, and just a reminder, our call-in number is 515-605-9888. If you can't stand what we're doing here on our show, or if you love what we're doing on our show, um, email us at andyandloydshow at gmail.com. Feel free to give us a call, and we will be covering the GOP convention as well, folks. Don't think we're just here giving you all the highlights from the Democrat National Convention. Uh, we're going to do the same thing at the GOP convention as well. Uh, we're trying to keep it fair. So here's day two of the Democrat National Convention. Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> they said it was day two. It should be coming up here. Here we go. Countdown. Countdown. Here we go. Five, four, three, I'm loving two, it so far. One. It, was a, it, was, it was a very wow. quiet convention. It was very quiet. up not one but three endorsements from his former opponent i will be casting my ballot for joe biden we have found that leader in vice president soon to be president joe biden the democrats really seem to unify last night here in dallas and do it behind joe biden it is up to us to heal this country i am ending my campaign and endorsing joe biden for president the vice president gained the support of two more former rivals Senator Kamala Harris and Cory Booker. He is a, a public servant who has always 
work for the best of who we are as a nation. We will elect Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. I'm on Team Joe. I'm riding with Biden. I am so proud to be on Joe's team because Joe is on your team. I hereby am endorsing Joe Biden to be the next president of the United States. Today, I'm proud to join Joe Biden. I don't think there's anybody better to try and heal the country right now than Joe Biden. People trust him. They believe in him. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders has officially endorsed two men who represent these uh, two wings of the Democratic Party coming together. So today, I am asking all Americans to come together in this campaign to support your candidacy, oh. which I endorse. Former President Barack Obama now officially off the 2020 sidelines. And that's why I'm so proud to endorse Joe Biden for President of the United States. Choosing Joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions I ever made. Biden picked up another major Democratic endorsement, this one from Elizabeth Warren. It's up to all of us to help make Joe Biden the next president of the United States. It's all coming together for Joe Biden. I'm doing everything that I can, and thank you for being part of doing what you can. So join me in supporting Joe, and let's get this done. Let's get to work. We are all in this together. Now's the time to fight for what we believe in. So join us. The Democratic Party has always risen to our country's greatest challenges. I pledge myself to a new deal for the American people. We've moved this country forward in a relentless push for progress. Progress for Americans of all walks of life, not just the privileged few. Well, the harsh facts of the matter are that we stand at this frontier at a turning point of history. We do not want our freedom gradually, but we want to be free now. We've brought together voices from every part of America. We are a people in a quandary about the present. We are a people in search of our future. We are attempting to fulfill our national purpose. To create and sustain a society in which all of us are equal. And we've made history along the way. There is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. We must pledge once more to march into the future. We are a different society than we were in 1961. Brothers and sisters... Do you want to go back? Or do you want to keep America moving forward? Well, our motto is, when they go low, we go high. We never bow. We never bend. We never break. No, we endure. And we always, always, always move forward. This election, we've engaged a historic number of Americans in the democratic process. And now, we have to overcome the odds once again to build back better than before. We lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. We are America, second to none, and we own the finish line. Don't forget it. We are Democrats, and we're ready to lead again. We're coming together on August 17th, all across America. Be there.
And now, live from Milwaukee, Mayor Tom Barrett. Hi, everybody. I'm Tom Barrett, the proud mayor of Milwaukee. I would love to be welcoming you to my home city right now. The good people of Milwaukee and I were so excited when we learned that our resilient city was chosen to host the 2020 Democratic National Convention. It was the first time a major political party chose Wisconsin to hold its convention. But these are not conventional times. And as a result, as we all know, this is not a conventional convention. And as much as we would have loved to host you in person, I am proud that the Democratic Party and the city of Milwaukee have made the, the health of our residents our number one priority. Unlike the president, we've never called COVID-19 a hoax. Unlike the president, we've never made fun of face masks. And unlike the president, we've never belittled our public health experts. We understand why we can't be together this week, and I hope you do too. And as our party comes together virtually to nominate Joe Biden to be our next president, we're showing the country that we're nominating a leader who isn't afraid to make tough choices or to work with health experts, not against them, to address this pandemic. Milwaukee is a very special place on America's fresh coast. I look forward to the day when you are all able to come experience our beautiful lakefront, our historic neighborhoods, and above all, our diverse, hardworking, and friendly residents. But in the meantime, it is my honor to call the second session of the 48th Quadrennial National Convention of the Democratic Party to order. Delegates, we will now hear reports from our three convention standing committees. To start us off, I'm pleased to introduce Lorraine Miller and James Roosevelt, Jr., co-chairs of the Credentials Committee to present their committee's report. Hello, delegates, to the 2020 Democratic National Convention. My name is Jim Roosevelt, and it is an honor to have served as a co-chair of the Credentials Committee, along with my good friend, Lorraine Miller. Pursuant to the convention rules, the Credentials Committee met and took action to approve the credentials of the delegates and alternates that have been credentialed for the 2020 Democratic National Convention. I am proud to say that all credentials issues were resolved in accordance with the actions of the Credentials Committee. This year's nominating process reflects the efforts of so many to make our process more open and more transparent. As a result, we know that and our, our phone lines are open at 515-605-9888. If you can comment, we are listening to and monitoring this. This is day two of the Democrat National Convention, and uh, we're going to uh, delete the uh, roll call. We don't only hear that. We're going to proceed, uh, except in Delaware, and uh, get to some of the speeches, which I think were quite eloquent, uh, eloquent and quite direct uh, by um, Bill Clinton, by Colin Powell by Joe Biden, sure and we'll get to that uh, in a short while here. Hang in here. If you didn't hear the day two of the convention, here's your opportunity to do so on the Coast to Coast show. A priority on making sure that participants of this convention highlight a core value of our party, that is 
ensuring that all Americans, regardless of sex, race, age, color, creed, national origin, religion, economic status, sexual orientation, gender identity, ethnic identity, or physical disability have a role in this important process. Mr. Chair, I am pleased to report that the Credentials Committee report was approved by committee members and all delegates have been fully credentialed. Thank you, Lorraine. Of course, we're really glad to hear that, and which means that all the delegates will be casting their votes are official and they've been certified as being so. Uh, we're going to bypass again, as I said, the roll call from each state. That was done very well, by the way. I don't know if you caught it online um, or whatever television you may be watching, but they went to each state and territory and had a group of people standing uh, on each state with the backgrounds of that state. It was really done well. I think much, much nicer than the big convention hall. And they say, hey, Mr. Speaker, the proud state of Wisconsin, blah, blah, blah. Um, I thought this was, was much better and much more entertaining, too. Uh, anyway, let's get back. Uh, a quick gap in here. It's 515-605-9888. Let us know your thoughts on the convention, on the process, the way they're doing it. If you have any opinions, I'd be glad to, uh, to turn the volume down on this thing and talk to you about it. So, meantime, we're going to keep it going. Day two of the DNC. Here we go. ...that will transform the convention experience for delegates and for participants and will allow for maximum participation by those delegates. The Rules Committee also ratified a dynamic group of Democrats to serve as the officers of the convention. The convention officers truly represent the ideals and the principles of the Democratic Party. These actions of the Rules Committee will ensure that the 2020 Democratic National Convention can officially... I want to add, we are taking our own poll here by uh, uh, email at uh, Andy and Floyd Show. It's coming up, Andy and Floyd Show at gmail.com. We'll be voting for next year today. The um, call on the Democratic and, uh, National Convention to continue to work on the Let us know. Or give us a call at 515-605-9888. We want to hear from you. And if you'd like to join me in our playback from day two of the convention, we'll down and get your opinion and thoughts. So we'll keep you going here. I don't know if, how many of you caught it live. I did. was very impressed by, by this speech. Presented. And we're going to hear the speech. Uh, uh, this come around here very soon. Thank Thanks for hanging in there. And should hang in here. And take a listen. Uh, won't be long. Hang in Thanks for tuning in to Coast to Radio. Two things about the rules are very important to note. One, they continue and build on the trend towards making our nominating process as democratic as possible with a small d. We have asked that we go to primaries rather than caucuses. We have restricted and maintained those restrictions on non-elected delegates. Secondly, it's important to note that everything in these rules is the product of a very free agreement between the Sanders and Biden people, as it was last time between Clinton and Sanders. That is... We have a very democratic set of rules agreed upon enthusiastically by both camps. Thank you, Maria and Barney. It's my pleasure to call on platform committee co-chairs 
Julie Chavez Rodriguez, and Dennis Madonna to present their committee's report. Good evening. I'm Julie Chavez Rodriguez, and alongside my friend, Dennis McDonough, I was honored to co-chair this year's Democratic Platform Committee. This spring, the process for drafting our 2020 Democratic What you got to remember, folks, that normally, if you recall, and I'm sure many of us have seen the conventions on television for many, many years, that people come out to the podium and give these long speeches. You don't know who the heck is talking about what. And I just think this whole line, uh, the, the job that they've done in production of this uh, DNC has been just really, really quality. I'm, I'm, I'm really, i got to hand it to my opinion. I think it's very, very well done. And you actually know what's going on, and the speeches are all kind of short. Just really, I've been enjoying it. I get kind of get a better grip on the world. Also, I don't know if any of you caught this, but instead of having keynote speaker for 17 minutes, which is usually a lot of time, they have 17 individuals giving a one-minute talk each, and that is, I think, very, very cool how they did that. So let's hear what you're talking about now. It's informed by the values of our party and the priorities of our presidential nominee, Vice President Joe Biden. I strongly believe that this platform lays out an agenda informed by the values that will defeat Donald Trump and heal the soul of our nation, the United States of America. Thank you, Julie and Dennis. Thank you to all the members of all three standing committees for your important work to ensure we have a smooth and orderly convention, a platform that represents our party's values and interests, and a plan for continuing to look at how we conduct our affairs in the best spirit of openness, fairness, and inclusion. This is a program break, and it is in within the audio. With that, um, let's see if we can bring in until it picks up again. We'll bring um, Cornell back on to the show if he's still here. I'm Cornell, still what here. do you think? All right, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts uh, is how can I say it? I guess you can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation. One nation. One nation. One nation under God, indivisible, My fellow Americans, this is my country. Many of us have fought hard for the right to say that. Many are now struggling today from the Harlem to the Nang so that they may say this with conviction. This is our country. We are a people in a quandary about the present. We are a people in search of our future. We must make the American people 
hear our tale of two cities. We must convince them that we don't have to settle for two cities, that we can have one city, indivisible, shining for all of its people. If you give us a chance, we can perform. After all, Ginger Rogers did everything that Fred Astaire did. She just did it backwards and in high heels. There is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There is the United States of America. The American dream is not a sprint or even a marathon, but a relay. Our families don't always cross the finish line in the span of one generation, but each generation passes on to the next the fruits of their labor. We are one people, all of us pledging allegiance to the stars and stripes, all of us defending the United States of America. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the, to the second, second night of the Democratic, Democratic National, National Convention. Convention. This is a different kind of convention. Look at the camera and smile. And this. This is a different kind of keynote. It's a different kind of keynote. This year, all of us are on stage. And, and we have a lot to say. Let's get real. There's a lot riding on this election. When we're facing the biggest economic and health crisis in generations, because our president didn't and still doesn't have a plan. When doctors, nurses, and home health care aides in Philadelphia have to risk their own lives to protect others because there's not enough protective equipment. When factory workers in Ohio are faced with dangerous conditions because this administration hasn't given clear guidance on how to protect our people. When teachers in Gwinnett County, Georgia and across the country are being asked to return to the classroom without a plan to keep them safe and parents are exhausted juggling full-time work and full-time childcare. And visiting our parents and grandparents through the window of a nursing home, worrying all the time that they'll get sick. When unemployment in North Charleston, South Carolina, a city I represent, has risen nearly fourfold. And evictions are putting families out on the street in the middle of a pandemic. Make no mistake, it didn't have to be this bad. In the early days of the virus, Donald Trump didn't listen to the experts. And then he said something that a president should never say. He said, I don't take responsibility at all. No responsibility. No leadership. No plan. He still doesn't have a plan. Donald Trump just doesn't understand. We can't fix our economy until we get a hold of the virus. While working families are struggling, he's looking out for the people who are already doing just fine. The wealthy. The big corporations. The donors to his campaign. He's looking out for himself. But there's one person who's looking out for us. All of us. And that's Joe Biden. Joe called it. We are in a battle for the soul of our nation. But Joe knows we can never let hard times turn us against each other. And we can never stop doing the hard work to make things right. That's, that's why, why we ran for office. Even when people counted us out. Even when there had never been a Latina in the Nevada State Senate or a Democrat elected as Florida Commissioner of Agriculture in nearly three decades. 
or an openly gay man in the Georgia State Legislature. When Birmingham hadn't had a mayor this young in 120 years. We ran for office because we know the struggles American families are facing, because we've lived them. We've lived the insecurity and the indignity of an eviction notice. I, like many of you, have lived the frustration of paying off student loans. We have lived the grief of losing loved ones to gun violence and the criminal justice system that unfairly targets our communities. We have lived that feeling of helplessness when someone you love is very sick and access to healthcare is a matter of life and death. By the way, Joe Biden has lived a lot of this too. He was raised in a middle-class family in Scranton, Pennsylvania and Claymont, Delaware. He watched his dad look for work and learned that a job is about so much more than a paycheck. It's about dignity and respect. He was sworn into office from the hospital room of his two young sons after a car crash killed his wife and infant daughter. He knows what it's like to thank God you have health care. He knows what it's like to work hard for everything you've got. He knows what it's like to send a child off to war. And he'll never forget who he's fighting for. I look around my district in North Texas, and I see the people who built this country, the educators, like the single mom who raised me, the men and women on the front lines of our healthcare system. You built this country. Small business owners, like the ones whose shops and restaurants line the streets of Birmingham, Michigan, Charleston, South Carolina, of tribal nations, line the streets of Philadelphia, and bring our communities to life. You built this country. The nurses in Memphis who came out of retirement to treat patients during this pandemic, you built this country. And you know what? You deserve more than the constant chaos that Donald Trump delivers. You deserve health care you can afford, a job that pays you fairly. You deserve child care and paid sick leave while you work. And when you pay into Social Security and Medicare, you deserve to know it will be there when you retire. And that's why we And thanks to the voters across the country, in both red states and blue states, we won. A new generation of leaders is rising up. And with Joe Biden in the White House, there's no limit to what we can do. In Nevada, we're making drug prices more transparent. So people with chronic illnesses won't go broke while drug companies get rich. Joe's working to protect and expand the Affordable Care Act. He'll make sure millions of people keep their coverage and no one can be denied for a pre-existing condition. He'll bring down the cost of health care and prescription drugs too, giving tax credits to working families and allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices. That's a big effing deal. That's a big effing deal. Because Joe knows we can't have a healthy economy if people can't afford health care. But let's remember, Donald Trump is suing to take health care coverage away from more than 20 million Americans and eliminate protections for over 100 million with pre-existing conditions. In the middle of a pandemic. In Texas, we're standing up for fierce women like my mom and my tias who raised me to never back down from a tough fight. So we're fighting to make sure that mothers have access to health screenings for safe pregnancies and childbirth. And we're bringing long overdue justice to survivors of sexual assault. Joe Biden has been fighting for women his entire career. As senator, he authored the Violence Against Women Act. And as president, 
He'll restore funding for Planned Parenthood. He will codify Roe v. Wade and make reducing maternal mortality, especially for women of color, a top priority. In Florida, on the front lines of our climate crisis, we're working to produce more renewable energy and shrink our carbon footprint. Joe has a major plan to invest in clean energy jobs and infrastructure. In the House of Representatives, we're closing loopholes to ensure local infrastructure projects use American-made materials and local labor and support American manufacturing. Unlike Donald Trump, Joe Biden will actually enforce Buy American rules. Investing in American-made clean energy, building materials, high-tech equipment, and R&D, all creating more good jobs. In Michigan, we're banning business practices that have exploited workers and cost them hundreds of millions of dollars in lost wages. When unemployment is the highest rate since the Great Depression, when millions of people have seen their hours and pay slash, Joe knows it's not enough to rebuild the economy the way it was before. We've got to build it back better. He'll build an economy that rewards work, not wealth, and get rid of the Trump tax cuts that only benefit big corporations and the rich. And then he'll invest in health care, education and infrastructure, and in getting small businesses up and running again. Take it from me, when you're in the trenches, you want Joe Biden right there next to you. When I wanted to marry the man I loved, Joe Biden was the first national figure to support me and my family. Appreciate you, man. When the auto industry was going under, Joe stuck his neck out to protect it and helped save one and a half million auto jobs. When our economy was on the brink, Joe led the recovery effort that created millions of jobs, including here in Western Pennsylvania. Under his leadership, America bounced back with the longest economic expansion in history. You know, the one Trump brags about creating? That's what happens when Joe Biden is in your corner. Working families get a fair shot. He understands that leadership means fighting for the people who built this country. All of you. All of us. This nation belongs to all of us. And in every election, we choose how we will create a more perfect union. Not by taking sides, but by taking stock of where we are and what we need. This year's choice could not be more clear. America faces a triple threat, a public health catastrophe, an economic collapse, and a reckoning with racial justice and inequality. So our choice is clear a steady, experienced public servant who can lead us out of this crisis just like he's done before, or a man who only knows how to deny and distract, a leader who cares about our families, or a president who only cares about himself. We know Joe Biden. America, we need Joe Biden. To make your voice heard, text VOTE to 30330. In a democracy, we do not elect saviors. We cast our ballots for those who see our struggles and pledge to serve, who hear our dreams and work to make them real, who defend our way of life by protecting our right to vote. Faced with a president of cowardice, Joe Biden is a man of proven courage. He will restore our moral compass by confronting our challenges, not by hiding from them or undermining our elections to keep his job. In a time of voter suppression at home and authoritarians abroad, Joe Biden will be a champion for free and fair elections, 
for a public health system that keeps us safe, for an economy that we build back better than before, and for accountability and integrity in our system of justice. We stand with Joe Biden because this isn't just about defeating Donald Trump. We are in this to win for America. So let's get it done. Hello, I'm Tracy Ellis Ross and how exciting to hear from young elected leaders from across the country. A perfect way to begin night two of the Democratic National Convention, Uniting America. Tonight is all about leadership. This unprecedented moment calls for leadership, steady, inclusive leadership, driven by people who understand that our democracy is based on the value of each and every one of us being treated with dignity and respect. Leaders who respond to the needs of hardworking Americans who right this minute are unable to pay rent, put food on the table and keep their loved ones safe. As a black woman, I find myself at a crucial intersection in American politics. For far too long, black female leadership in this country has been utilized without being acknowledged or valued. But we are turning the tide. Hello, Kamala. Her nomination is historic for anyone who believes in we the people. Like Senator Harris and many we saw in the keynote, today's leaders emerge from communities that have long been underrepresented. They're charting new paths in the spirit of Shirley Chisholm, Charlotta Bass, Fannie Lou Hamer, and John Lewis. They get in good trouble necessary trouble. They call things out otherwise ignored, elevating our nation and changing the course of our lives for the better. With every vote we cast for forward thinking, honest leaders, we chip away at ingrained systems of inequity and we bend the arc of justice. True leaders make sure that policy is informed by all of us, bridging our burden past to a safe, equitable, and even joyful future. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are that bridge, heeding voices from within the movement for racial justice, listening to the people, and acting with empathy and compassion to reflect our shared humanity. Tonight, we'll hear from a number of American leaders, including former acting U.S. Attorney General Sally Yates, who refused to defend an unconstitutional travel ban and paid for it with her job. The threat to this nation, to our democracy, is real. It's clear and it's present. You've watched the president now for three years. Look at what he's doing. Instilling fear. I mean, not, not joking. Instilling fear. Sowing division. Stroking racial division. Undercutting every institution that was designed to check the abuse of power by the president or anyone else. All this for what reason? All this in order to solidify his base and expand his power. Good evening. I'm Sally Yates. 
speaking at a political convention is something I never expected to be doing. But the future of our democracy is at stake. I'm here in my hometown of Atlanta, where as a young lawyer I joined our nation's Justice Department. For nearly 30 years, through Democratic and Republican administrations, I worked alongside my DOJ colleagues to advance our nation's promise of equal justice. I served as Deputy Attorney General in the Obama-Biden administration and stayed on as Acting Attorney General for the Trump transition. Then, 10 days in, I was fired for refusing to defend President Trump's shameful and unlawful Muslim travel ban. That was the start of his relentless attacks on our democratic institutions and countless dedicated public servants. Like me, these officials didn't swear an oath to a person or a party. Public servants promised to defend our Constitution, uphold our laws, and work on behalf of the American people. But from the moment President Trump took office, He's used his position to benefit himself rather than our country. He's trampled the rule of law, trying to weaponize our Justice Department to attack his enemies and protect his friends. Rather than standing up to Vladimir Putin, he fawns over a dictator who is still trying to interfere in our elections. He's even trying to sabotage our postal service to keep people from being able to vote. His constant attacks on the FBI, the free press, inspectors general, federal judges, they all have one purpose, to remove any check on his abuse of power. Put simply, he treats our country like it's his family business, this time bankrupting our nation's moral authority at home and abroad. But our country doesn't belong to him. It belongs to all of us. Joe Biden embraces that. He has spent his entire life putting our country first. He has never backed down from a challenge or a bully. He summons the best in us and lives by the values that define us as Americans. Service, integrity, courage, compassion, there are countless stories of Joe Biden reaching out to someone in their moment of need. Well, this is our country's moment of need. We need a president who respects our laws and the privilege of public service, who reflects our values and cares about our people. We need a president who will restore the soul of America. We need Joe Biden. Over the last four years, we have experienced failed leadership under Donald J. Trump. We've had to deal with this insanity. I've watched our country deteriorate. The cover-ups, the lying, the favoritism. The disregard for the Constitution. Donald Trump has failed America. It is time for us to reclaim our constitutional and democratic values. We need to prove to the world, and most importantly, prove to ourselves that we are better than this. We need an experienced leader, a leader that has passion, integrity, and strategic leadership skills. And his name is Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden is that leader. And he really wants the best for this country. He understands and respects our democracy, the rule of law, and the U.S. Constitution. 
he will move toward creating a more perfect union. Hi. Hi, this is Senator Chuck Schumer, Democratic leader from my hometown, Brooklyn, New York. Behind me is a sight I see out of my window every night, the Statue of Liberty, the same sight that greeted hopeful immigrants like my grandparents, a symbol of freedom and a beacon of hope to the world. Today, Donald Trump has divided our country, diminished our greatness, and demeaned everything that this statue represents. He even hid in a bunker as Americans were tear-gassed and beaten. Millions are jobless. 170,000 Americans have died from COVID. And Donald Trump says it is what it is. Presidents should never say it is what it is. President Lincoln, honoring the great sacrifice at Gettysburg, didn't say it is what it is. President Roosevelt, seeing a third of the nation ill-housed, ill-clad, and ill-nourished, didn't say it is what it is. America, Donald Trump has quit on you. We need a president with dignity, integrity, and the experience to lead us out of this crisis. A man with a steady hand and a big heart who will never, ever quit on America. That man is my friend, Joe Biden. He will be a great president. But if we're going to win this battle for the soul of our nation, Joe can't do it alone. Democrats must take back the Senate. We will stay united, from Sanders and Warren to Manchin and Warner. And with our unity, we will bring bold and dramatic change to our country. Let me tell you some of the things we do. With President Biden, Vice President Harris, and a Democratic majority, we will make health care affordable for all. We'll undo the vicious inequality of income and wealth that has plagued America for far too long. And we'll take strong, decisive action to combat climate change and save the planet. We will protect voting rights, fight systemic racism in the criminal justice system and in our economy, and restore a Supreme Court that looks out for people, not corporations. We'll rebuild our infrastructure and make sure every home, from inner city to rural America, has broadband. We will save the post office and once and for all, defeat COVID-19, this evil disease. And, beckoned by the lady behind us, we will reform our immigration system so that immigrants yearning to breathe free will at last become American citizens. Together, we can reignite the hope once felt by millions of men and women, huddled masses on creaking ships who glimpsed this mighty woman with her torch knowing they could build a better life here in America. And out of this long national nightmare, America will finally awaken to a brighter future and a new day. Senator Chuck Schumer reminding us that leadership requires integrity and accountability. Real leaders don't ask what we can do for them. They ask what they can do for us. In a minute, we will hear from two former presidents, and they're going to speak to that. But first, here are Caroline Kennedy and her son, Jack Schlossberg. Sixty years ago, in a crowded L.A. stadium, my father accepted the Democratic nomination for president. 
He challenged Americans to look to the future and join him on a journey toward a new frontier. It was a call to the young at heart, regardless of age or party. Times have changed, but the themes of my grandfather's speech, courage, unity, and patriotism, are as important today as they were in 1960. And once again, we need a leader who believes America's best days are yet to come. We need Joe Biden. I've admired Joe Biden since I was a Senate intern in 1974. He shared my Uncle Teddy's commitment to civil rights, women's rights, and working families. He was a senator who cared, who led, who inspired. That's why I helped choose him to be Barack Obama's running mate in 2008. When I was U.S. Ambassador to Japan, I got to see Vice President Biden in action. He stepped off Air Force Two wearing his aviator glasses and a big smile, radiating American optimism and generosity. I saw a leader who was tough but fair, who commanded the trust and respect of other nations, and who always put America's interests first. Joe Biden's lifetime of public service reflects his unwavering commitment to our highest ideals. In this election, our future is on the ballot. For my generation, it will define the rest of our lives. We need to tackle climate change. We need to end systemic racial injustice. We need to make health care available for everybody, and we need to rebuild an economy that helps working families. We can do this. We can reach these new frontiers, but only with a president who asks what he can do for our country and what together we can do to build a better world. It's up to us. Let's get it done. Let's elect Joe Biden the next president of the United States. It's a great pleasure for Jimmy and me to join you in celebrating our next president of the United States, Joe Biden. We've known and admired Joe and Jill for many years, and most recently I've worked with him on tackling the demands faced by the more than 53 million unpaid caregivers in our country who are juggling work and other family responsibilities and putting their own physical and mental health and well-being at risk. Joe knows well, too well, the sorrows and struggles of being a family caregiver. From Joe's time as a young widower, thrust into single parenthood with a demanding job, to he and Jill caring for their own parents and their son both at the end of their lives. He knows caregiving is hard, even on the good days. Joe and I also know the challenges of caregiving for those who served in the military and returned with visible and invisible wounds. And we know those caregivers need a leader in the White House. Jimmy and I are voting for Joe because he recognizes the challenges facing our families and has the heart and the talent to make life better for all Americans. When I ran for president in 1976, Joe Biden was my first and most effective supporter in the Senate. For decades, he has been my loyal and dedicated friend. Joe has the experience, character, and decency to bring us together and restore America's greatness. He deserves a person with integrity and judgment, someone who is honest and fair, someone who is committed to what is best for the American people. Joe is that kind of leader, and he is the right person for this moment in our nation's history. He understands that honesty and dignity are essential traits that determine not only our vision, but our actions. More than ever, that's what we need. During these uncertain times, Joe Biden realizes that many American lives can be saved each day 
for the use of masks and testing as recommended by medical experts. Joe Biden must be our next president. Good evening. A presidential election is the world's most important job interview. At the end, we hire a leader to help us solve problems, create opportunities, and give our kids better tomorrows. That's a tall order this year, with the COVID-19 outbreak on a path to killing 200,000 people and destroying millions of jobs and small businesses. How did Donald Trump respond? At first, he said the virus was under control and would soon disappear. When it didn't, he was on TV every day bragging on what a great job he This is Bill Clinton, and we just heard from Rosalind that he recorded previous Let's get back to Bill Clinton. When he didn't like the expert advice he was given, he ignored it. Only when COVID exploded in even more states did he encourage people to wear masks. By then, many more were dying. When asked about the surge in deaths, he shrugged and said, it is what it is. But did it have to be this way? No. COVID hit us much harder than it had to. We have just 4% of the world's population, but 25% of the world's COVID cases. Our unemployment rate is more than twice as high as South Korea's, two and a half times the United Kingdom's, more than three times Japan's. Donald Trump says we're leading the world. Well, we are the only major industrial economy to have its unemployment rate tripled. At a time like this, the Oval Office should be a command center. Instead, it's a storm center. There's only chaos. Just one thing never changes. His determination to deny responsibility and shift the blame. The buck never stops there. Now you have to decide whether to renew his contract or hire someone else. If you want a president who defines the job as spending hours a day watching TV and zapping people on social media, he's your man. Denying, distracting, and demeaning works great if you're trying to entertain or inflame. But in a real crisis, it collapses like a house of cards. COVID just doesn't respond to any of that. To beat it, you've got to actually go to work and deal with the facts. Our party is united in offering you a very different choice, a go-to-work president, a down-to-earth, get-the-job-done guy, a man with a mission to take responsibility, not shift the blame, concentrate, not distract, unite, not divide. Our choice is Joe Biden. Joe helped bring us back from a recession before, and he can do it again. In 2009, Barack Obama and Joe Biden started with the worst economy since the Great Depression. And when they were done, they delivered more than six straight years of job growth. What did Joe do? He accepted responsibility for implementing the Recovery Act. His work created a lot of new jobs and started many new companies in communities across our country. Now Joe's committed to building America back again. How? He's given us smart, detailed plans to invest in areas vital to our future, innovative financing for modern factories and small businesses, good jobs and green energy and conservation to combat climate change, a modern infrastructure that brings small-town and rural America the connectivity and investment others take for granted, and a plan to ensure that black Americans, Latino Americans, Native Americans, women, immigrants, and other communities left behind are full participants in our economy and our society. Joe Biden wants to build an economy far better suited to our changing world, better for young people, better for families working and raising their kids, 
Better for people who lost jobs and need new ones. Better for farmers tired of being collateral damage in trade wars. Better for workers caring for the sick, elderly, and people with disabilities. Better because of a living wage and access to affordable higher education and health care, including prescription drugs. And to child care, a secure retirement, and for the first time, paid family and medical leave. Joe won't just put his signature on a check and try to fool you into thinking it came from him. He'll work to make sure that your paycheck reflects your contribution to and your stake in a growing economy. In this job interview, the difference is stark. You know what Donald Trump will do with four more years? Blame, bully, and belittle. And you know what Joe Biden will do? Build back better. It's Trump's us versus them America against Joe Biden's America, where we all live and work together. It's a clear choice. The future of our country is riding on it. Thank you. It's time to call the roll and officially nominate the Democratic candidate for President of the United States. But this year, for the first time, the roll call is heading out to all 57 states and territories, places that showcase our nation's natural beauty, places where people are working together to secure a better future for our country and places that are working to rebuild and recover, like Iowa, where thousands have been left homeless and hundreds of thousands have been left without power in the wake of last week's terrible storm. Our hearts are with you, Iowa. There's so much going on right now. Tonight, we come together to nominate a candidate who will fight for all of us. The convention delegates will do the official nominating, but you can join them in supporting Joe Biden. Text JOIN to 30330 to get involved. And now the chair of the Democratic National Committee, Tom Perez. It's great to be here in Milwaukee, a proud union town whose grit and character reflect the resilience of our party and our country. There's no doubt these last few months have been tough, but good leadership means being able to adapt to any situation. And I want to thank the people of Milwaukee for being such gracious and flexible hosts. It's also great to be back in Wisconsin, where I was lucky enough to marry my wife, Anne Maria, a little more than three decades ago. The progressive movement has deep roots here. And since today is the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment's ratification, we should point out that Wisconsin was the first state to ratify it. What's more, in its one-word motto, forward, Wisconsin captures something so important about America. The way that no matter what challenges today brings, we always believe a better future is possible. That's what my parents believed when they emigrated to this country nearly a century ago, fleeing the iron fist of a brutal dictator in the Dominican Republic. This nation welcomed them with compassion, and they quickly learned that their hope of building a better life through hard work was shared by generations of Americans. Indeed, every American story is a story about that hope, that sense of possibility. It's what unites us, defines us, and it's what sustains us now. We will work to meet our extraordinary challenges because progress is made by the hopeful, not the cynical. And we will do that work together because movements are built by the many, not the few. 
And as you watch tonight's decidedly unconventional roll call and reflect on the diversity of our nation, remember, you too are part of the American story. And no matter where you come from or where you're watching from tonight, you have a place in Joe Biden's Democratic Party. Delegates and distinguished guests, under our procedural rules, two Democratic candidates submitted nominating documents to our convention secretary for the Office of President of the United States, Senator Bernie Sanders and Vice President Joe Biden. As such, each candidate has provided names of individuals who will make nominating and seconding speeches on their behalf. We will begin with nominating and seconding speeches for Senator Sanders. Speaking on his behalf will be two progressive champions, Bob King and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm Bob King. As a proud union member and former president of a great American union, the UAW, I am honored to nominate Bernie Sanders for president. For decades, Bernie has led the fight for working families, fighting for workers' rights to organize unions and collectively bargain. In a time of enormous inequality, he understands that we must confront large corporations which have far too much control over our economy and our politics. Bernie believes health care is a human right and should not be contingent on a job. He knows we can rebuild our crumbling infrastructure by creating millions of good-paying union jobs while combating climate change. Bernie's moral clarity has emboldened the Democratic Party's fight for justice. The grassroots energy of his supporters has cemented important advances in our platform. Bernie will continue to leave a movement that helps defeat Trump and delivers transformational change. I'm excited to place in the nomination the name of a great champion of the working class, Senator Bernie Sanders. Good evening, bienvenidos, and thank you to everyone here today endeavoring towards a better, more just future for our country and our world. In fidelity and gratitude, to a mass people's movement working to establish 21st century social, economic, and human rights, including guaranteed health care, higher education, living wages, and labor rights for all people in the United States. A movement striving to recognize and repair the wounds of racial injustice, colonization, misogyny, and homophobia and to propose and build reimagined systems of immigration and foreign policy that turn away from the violence and xenophobia of our past. A movement that realizes the unsustainable brutality of an economy that rewards explosive inequalities of wealth for the few at the expense of long-term stability for the many, and who organized a historic grassroots campaign to reclaim our democracy. In a time when millions of people in the United States are looking for deep systemic solutions to our crises of mass evictions, unemployment, and lack of health care, in el espíritu del pueblo, and out of a love for all people, I hereby second the nomination of Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont for President of the United States of America. Thank you, Mr. King and Representative Ocasio-Cortez. 
We now turn to nominating and seconding speeches for Vice President Biden. In a moment, we'll hear from Senator Chris Coons, who holds the Delaware Senate seat once held by the Vice President, and Representative Lisa Blunt Rochester, my colleague in the House. But first, we'll hear from Jacqueline Asby, a working American who met Joe Biden in a most unexpected place, the elevator where she worked. I take powerful people up on my elevator all the time. When they get off, they go to their important meetings. Me, I just head back to the lobby. But in the short time I spent with Joe Biden, I could tell he really saw me, that he actually cared, that my life meant something to him. And I knew, even when he went into his important meeting, he'd take my story in there with him. That's because Joe Biden has room in his heart for more than just himself. We've been through a lot, and we have tough days ahead. But nominating someone like that to be in the White House is a good place to start. That's why I nominate my friend, Joe Biden, as the next president of the United States. I'm Senator Chris Coons from Delaware, a small state where people expect to see their senators and even sometimes their vice president at the supermarket at a church festival, out in their community. Joe fights for us because he knows our struggles and hopes. He knows the pain of loss and the worries of working parents. And he's always brought that same personal concern he showed for Jacqueline to getting things done as our senator and then as President Obama's vice president. Joe's tackled gun violence and climate change. He stood up to dictators and supported our troops. He led the recovery effort after the last recession and delivered on a promise to make our health care system fairer and stronger. Through it all, Joe Biden's never forgotten where he's from. He's been sustained by his faith and his family through the toughest of times. And he has the heart and the compassion for this moment. For all of these reasons and more, it's my honor to second the nomination of my good friend, Joe Biden, to be the next president of these United States. I'm Congresswoman Lisa Blunt Rochester. In some history class in the future, children are learning about this moment. They're learning about our pain, our grief, our worry. But they're also learning about a man named Joe Biden, about how he restored decency to our government and integrity to our democracy. They're learning about how we conquered a pandemic, stood united for racial justice, and built our economy back better than before. They're learning about how his leadership gave their generation a fighting chance. They're learning about us, too, about the resolve and the unity we showed against the forces of hatred and division, about the work we will do over the next 11 weeks, and about the night when, despite our distance, we came together to nominate Joe Biden for President of the United States a nomination I'm honored to second. Thank you all. Pursuant to our convention rules, we'll now proceed to a roll. This is Andy Kimball, Coast to Coast. Why don't we jump right ahead? We're going to not play all the roll calls. Um, we're going to bypass all of them except Joe Biden's home state of Delaware. Let's go right over to Delaware for the roll call and their nomination of Joe Biden to be the Democratic nominee for President of the United States. Delaware. 
Long before this train station bore his name, you'd see Joe Biden up here on the platform with the rest of the crowd, on his way to work or going home to his family. That's always been his North Star, delivering for families like his own, working people who struggle and sacrifice to build a better life. Nobody has ever had to wonder who Joe Biden's in it for. Our nation faces daunting challenges, but I've known Joe Biden for 40 years, and there's nobody I trust more to lead our party, unite our country, and restore our standing in the world. What's more, he's humble. He tells the truth. He treats everybody he encounters with respect and builds bridges, not walls. He is a leader made for this moment and the finest public servant I've ever known. Delaware is proud to cast its 32 votes for our favorite son and our next president. Our friend, Delaware, Joe Biden. delegations, I'm pleased to announce that Vice President Joe Biden has officially been nominated by the Democratic Party as our candidate for President of the United States. Vice President Biden is hereby invited to deliver an acceptance speech. Well, thank you very, very much. From the bottom of my heart, thank you all. It means the world to me and my family, and I'll see you on Thursday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. nominee. On to the next step, electing Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in November. Make sure you have a plan to vote. Text VOTE to 30330 to find out how. Now we're going to talk about a topic that touches all of our lives, health care. The Affordable Care Act was game-changing. This pandemic has revealed just how important it is to protect and improve it. Increasing access to health care and bringing down its costs have always been a priority for Joe Biden, because for Joe and for all of us, health care is personal. 
It's the toughest battles that call for the steadiest leadership. Again and again, they were told to give up on affordable health care. They knew it would cost them politically. The Republicans say this will prove to be unpopular. The bill is a legislative train wreck. But not nearly as much as it would cost the American people if they did nothing. We are not going to slow up on providing affordable health care for Americans. Health care is a natural American right. Giving up on the Affordable Care Act would have meant leaving 20 million without coverage out in the cold. But Joe Biden wasn't about to give up because he knew what it was like to stand in their shoes. He was sworn into the Senate next to a hospital bed. His wife and daughter had been killed in a car crash. And lying in that bed were his two sons. Forty years later, one of those little boys, his son, Bo, was diagnosed with cancer and given only months to live. It's hard to imagine a greater grief than losing your child. But Joe always knew that his family was one of the lucky ones. After that accident, his son got 40 more years of life, all because he had health care. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. Now, it's unthinkable that Donald Trump is trying to take that health care away. In the middle of a pandemic, he's still trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. This fight is personal for Joe, as personal as it gets. So when Joe says he has a plan to strengthen the Affordable Care Act, protect those with pre-existing conditions, and expand access to every American, he's thinking about how having health care saved his boys. When his plan talks about lowering drug prices and making care more affordable, he's thinking about Bo, who spent his final days in comfort because he was insured. Joe Biden knows what affordable health care means to American families because of what it's meant to his. This is my promise to you. When I'm president, I will take care of your health care coverage and your family the same way I would my own. For that's what the presidency is, the duty to care, to care for all of us, not just those who vote for us, but all of us. This job is not about me. It's about you. It's about us. How are you, you handsome boy? He was born in 15 and uh, with a heart condition, you know, known as transposition of the greater arteries and ended up requiring a transplant. And thankfully, the ACA had already taken effect. Um, but now that's something that we think about all the time, especially with his coverage, the potential coverage maxes. And uh, his initial hospital stay was over $3 million that was built back to the insurance. I remember thinking as... Bo lay dying in bed, and we'd sit lying in bed with him, his brother and I and his sister, and thinking to myself, what in God's name would I do if the doctor walked in and said, I'm sorry, you've outrun your insurance, you've reached your cap, suffer the last few months of your life on your own. I came from a part of the country, rural Missouri, uh, 
where basically everybody was a Republican and I was a Republican, and I lost my voice. And uh, we put off going to the doctor because we didn't have the health insurance. When we finally got into somebody that could take a look at my my throat, they said, wow, you've got cancer. It was stage four, the worst kind of cancer you can have. My wife applied for uh, insurance through the Affordable Care Act. And uh, my coverage began on April 1st in 2012. And that same day, they started my chemo and radiation, and uh, it saved my life. I'm here today. Um, generally speaking, as a church, you're concerned about people spiritually, but you're also concerned about other areas of their life, um, and that includes their physical or physiological well-being, um, because the Bible talks about all of us. But there are people in our country, and in fact, people in my church, that can't take advantage of it because they don't have good health care, that's, um, that's pretty discouraging to me and that's pretty discouraging to them. Because of the myasthenia gravis and the fact that it's a very rare disease, a lot of our medications we have to fight for. And before the ACA, we worried about our medications. We worried about the pre-existing conditions for our children. We worried about age and the cap because having that cost of the medications, we would have reached that million dollar cap in no time. But once the ACA passed, we, did, we no longer had that cap of the million dollars. The fear that you all live in, um, understandably, if somehow tomorrow they said, no insurance, you can't, you, you're not covered, um, is just, uh, it's just devastating. Hey, Laura, how are you doing? Yeah. How are you doing? Well, you beat Hodgkin's lymphoma. God love you. But uh, during it all, Trump was trying to rip away your coverage. Uh, the day you got your first chemo, Republicans voted to gut the ACA. Uh, I can't imagine what it must have been like uh, going to sleep at night wondering what to do. Uh, ever since I was diagnosed, every night I'd go to bed concerned about what news I would get in the morning. And even still, even today, they're still trying to take away our health care, even during a pandemic. Look, we're going to make sure we don't lose that ACA. We're going to provide a, a Medicare-like option as a public option. And any state where there is a, if you qualify for Medicaid and the state hasn't provided it, you'd automatically be enrolled. I'm going to protect you like I tried to protect my own family, my own family. And I promise you that. I met Joe last year at a campaign event to thank him for uh, being so involved in the battle to cure cancer. Indeed, I have what's been diagnosed as terminal cancer. The inspiration and the empathy and the human love that he was shared with me has kept me going. I made an appointment for my wellness checkup provided for by the Affordable Care Act. I was told that I had ovarian cancer. I finished my course of treatment and since then, I've been cancer-free, and I'm very grateful for that. I chose to become a Joe Biden delegate as I watched with our nation as President Donald Trump sought to dismantle the Affordable Care Act. My purpose in life right now is to devote all my energy to getting Joe elected. I anxiously jumped at the chance to become a Biden delegate. 
you will continue to strengthen the Affordable Care Act so that diseases like cancer don't go undetected. Hey Kyle, it's me, Dad. By the time you're watching this, you will have grown up to be strong and courageous, but I don't know how much longer I'll be around for you. I was diagnosed with ALS today, which is a deadly, debilitating disease. After I was diagnosed, the president passed a tax bill that put my health care at risk. So I went to Washington, D.C. My next guest made headlines when he confronted a Republican senator on an airplane. You can be an American hero. I wanted to help create a better country for you to live in. Democracy is beautiful. All that matters to me is to make you proud because I'm already so proud of you. Hello, America. My name is Audie Barkin, and I am speaking to you through this computer voice because I have been paralyzed by a mysterious illness called ALS. Like so many of you, I have experienced the ways our healthcare system is fundamentally broken. Enormous costs, denied claims, dehumanizing treatment when we are most in need. Since my shocking diagnosis, I have traveled the country meeting countless patients like me, demanding more of our representatives and our democracy. Today, we are witnessing the tragic consequences of our failing healthcare system. In the midst of a pandemic, Nearly a hundred million Americans do not have sufficient health insurance. And even good insurance does not cover essential needs like long-term care. Our loved ones are dying in unsafe nursing homes, our nurses are overwhelmed and unprotected, and our essential workers are treated as dispensable. We live in the richest country in history and yet we do not guarantee this most basic human right. Everyone living in America should get the health care they need, regardless of their employment status or ability to pay. Even during this terrible crisis, Donald Trump and Republican politicians are trying to take away millions of people's health insurance. With the existential threat of another four years of this president, we all have a profound obligation to act. Not only to vote, but to make sure that our friends, family, and neighbors vote as well. We must elect Joe Biden. Each of us must be a hero for our communities, for our country, and then, with a compassionate and intelligent president, we must act together and put on his desk a bill that guarantees us all the health care we deserve. Text vote to 30330 to learn how to vote safely, because our lives depend on it. Politics and elections can seem like these faraway things that one person doesn't have the power to change. But what's happening in our country right now makes it clear how personal politics are. I've discovered that when I get informed and participate, my fear gets smaller. Voting is a big part of that. So knowing the change you want, vote for the leaders you think will make it happen. And if you're able, if you can, help fund this campaign. 
please go to JoeBiden.com and chip in whatever you can. With leaders like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, we can build back better here at home and once again strengthen our nation's security and standing in the world. My name is Demarcus Gilliard. I'm 34 years old and I currently live in Los Angeles, California. I'm a 2009 graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis and I served on active duty in the Marine Corps as an officer for six years. I took an oath to support, uphold, and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And I know that Joe Biden, in his years of public service, took a similar oath, and he understands the sacrifice of the men and women in uniform who are overseas right now fighting for the ideals of this nation, that liberty and justice can be extended to all people. I know that Joe Biden understands that at his core. I trust him to lead us on day one into a greater future. There's nothing more important for me right now than making sure that we restore the soul of our nation. And I think that Joe Biden is the best person to do that. So thanks, Joe. Hi, I'm John Kerry. For the eight years of the Obama-Biden administration, we led by example. We eliminated the threat of an Iran with a nuclear weapon. We built a 68-nation coalition to destroy ISIS. We forged a 195-nation agreement to attack climate change. We stopped Ebola before it became a pandemic. Donald Trump inherited a growing economy and a more peaceful world. And like everything else he inherited, he bankrupted it. When this president goes overseas, it isn't a goodwill mission, it's a blooper reel. He breaks up with our allies and writes love letters to dictators. America deserves a president who is looked up to, not laughed at. Donald Trump pretends Russia didn't attack our elections, and now he does nothing about Russia putting a bounty on our troops. So he won't defend our country, he doesn't know how to defend our troops. The only person he's interested in defending is himself. This is the bottom line. Our interests, our ideals, and our brave men and women in uniform can't afford four more years of Donald Trump. Our troops can't get out of harm's way by hiding in the White House bunker. They need a president who will stand up for them, and President Biden will. Joe's moral compass has always pointed in the right direction, from the fight to break the back of apartheid to the struggle to wake up the world to genocide in the Balkans. Joe understands that none of the issues of this world, not nuclear weapons, not the challenge of building back better after COVID, not terrorism, and certainly not the climate crisis, none can be resolved without bringing nations together with strength and humility. Joe understands our values don't limit our power. They magnify it. He knows you can't spread democracy around the world if you don't practice it at home. And he knows that even the United States of America needs friends on this planet. Before Donald Trump, we used to talk about American exceptionalism. The only thing exceptional about the incoherent Trump foreign policy is that it has made our nation more isolated than ever before. Joe Biden knows we aren't exceptional because we bluster that we are. We are exceptional because we do exceptional things. 
On June 6, 1944, young Americans gave their lives on the beaches of Normandy to liberate the world from tyranny. Out of the ashes of that war, we made peace and rebuilt the world. That was and remains exceptional. It is the opposite of everything Donald Trump stands for. This moment is a fight for the security of America and the world. Only Joe Biden can make America lead like America again. If you agree, text JOIN to 30330. Thank you. In the situation room, presidents make decisions of war and peace. So when Joe Biden walks into the situation room, first and foremost in his mind is how will my decision impact the lives of the American people? He is experienced. He has made the tough calls. He's got courage. He's got tremendous courage, character, judgment. And he can be tough. I witnessed it close up. Joe Biden is decisive and well prepared for any issue. There's no one more qualified than Joe Biden to be sitting at the head of the table in this situation room making decisions for this country. Having sent his son to war, I don't think anyone can be more ready than Vice President Biden. He knows exactly what's at stake when he sends our troops overseas. Biden understands how important it is to have allies standing together with us. They are force multipliers. Joe Biden has a unique ability to connect with people. He knows the leaders, and he's dealt with them for years, knows what makes them tick. They trust him, they trust his judgment, and they know that his word is good. I know that Biden's personal diplomacy will save American lives. To build these relationships takes decades, and to tear them down, all it takes is a tweet. Thanks to Donald Trump, our adversaries are stronger and bolder. Donald Trump has had a love fest with dictators, including China and Russia. He hasn't been standing up to them at all. I served in the United States Air Force for 36 years. I've led space squadrons, nuclear missile squadrons, and I never thought I would have a president who is a danger to national security. President Trump has degraded and debased the presidency and our country in the eyes of the world. The Russians offered bounties on U.S. soldiers. I was shocked when I read that. But the president didn't even ask Vladimir Putin about it. That's un-American. There's something wrong with that. I mean, that's a dereliction of duty. You're failing the troops. You're failing this country. The first thing a president needs to do is find out what the facts are. This president doesn't care about facts. Biden cares about the safety and welfare of American servicemen and women. Our military had a policy to maintain our presence in Syria. We actually came to the aid of the Kurds against ISIS, and we helped stop the advance. President Trump told us to simply abandon the Kurds. Shameful. Joe Biden will be strong against dictators. I've heard him on the phone with some pretty tough characters. You know, you talk about Joe Biden's empathy, his decency, but Joe Biden is tough as nails, and everybody knows it. He will do the right thing, no matter the political cost. I've served for two Republican presidents and one Democratic president. I have seen the Trump administration make decisions without any thought, without any preparation, that have massive life and death consequences. At one of the most defining times in the history of the world, Joe Biden is uniquely qualified to be president of the United States. If you want a strong America, you want Joe Biden. Hi, I'm former Secretary of State Colin Powell. 100 years ago, a young immigrant left a dirt farm in Jamaica and set out for America. Three years later, a ship pulled into New York Harbor, and a young Jamaican woman gazed up at the Statue of Liberty for the first time. They became my parents. 
and they inspired me to finish college and join the Army. This began a journey of service that would take me from basic training to combat in Vietnam, up the ranks to serve as Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Secretary of State. The values I learned growing up in the South Bronx and serving in uniform were the same values that Joe Biden's parents instilled in him in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I support Joe Biden for the presidency of the United States because those values still define him, and we need to restore those values to the White House. Our country needs a commander-in-chief who takes care of our troops in the same way he would his own family. For Joe Biden, that doesn't need teaching. It comes from the experience he shares with millions of military families, sending his beloved son off to war and praying to God he would come home safe. Joe Biden will be a president we will all be proud to salute. With Joe Biden in the White House, you will never doubt that he will stand with our friends and stand up to our adversaries, never the other way around. He will trust our diplomats and our intelligence community, not the flattery of dictators and despots. He will make it his job to know when anyone dares to threaten us. He will stand up to our adversaries with strength and experience. They will know he means business. I support Joe Biden because beginning on day one, he will restore Americans' leadership and our moral authority. He'll be a president who knows that America is strongest when, as he has said, we lead both by the power of our example and the example of our power. He will restore America's leadership in the world and restore the alliances we need to address the dangers that threaten our nation, from climate change to nuclear proliferation. Today, we are a country divided and we have a president doing everything in his power to make it that way and keep us that way. What a difference it will make to have a president who unites us, who restores our strength and our soul. I still believe that in our hearts, we are the same America that brought my parents to our shores, an America that inspires freedom around the world. That's the America Joe Biden will lead as our next president. Thank you very much. It was a friendship that shouldn't have worked. John, a former Navy pilot just released from a North Vietnamese prison. Joe, a young senator from Delaware. But in the 1970s, Joe was assigned a military aid for a trip overseas. I was the Navy's Senate liaison and used to carry your bags on overseas trips. The son of a gun never carried my bags. He was supposed to carry my bags, David, but he never carried my bags. John and Joe traveled thousands of miles together. The families got to know each other, gathering for picnics in the Biden's backyard. They would just sit and joke. It was like a comedy show sometimes to watch the two of them. But when John was elected to the Senate as a Republican from Arizona, they found themselves on opposing sides. We're in different parties. We hold different views on many issues. Maybe going out on the floor and you think, oh, these guys must really, really, really dislike each other. And maybe having dinner that night together. Senator Biden had great respect for the institution of the Senate. He built relationships that were cordial, that were personal. We've always been willing, when we thought the other guy was right, cross the aisle and lock arms. It's good for the country. It takes trust 
to get things done in a divided government. And I think with Joe Biden, his colleagues knew that your points were equally valid to him. Even if a deal seemed out of reach, it was always Joe who tried to cross the aisle. He was like a natural for that. He just had an ability to find the common ground, but never give up your principles. For three decades, Joe was able to move his colleagues and find a way forward. On violence against women, banning chemical weapons, assault weapons, and controlling nuclear arms. With a style of legislating and leadership that you don't find much anymore. And when millions of Americans were faced with losing their health insurance, it was Joe's friend who saved Obamacare by crossing the aisle. McCain cast his vote with a thumbs down. John and I have been given several awards about bipartisanship. We don't understand why you should get an award for bipartisanship. Thank you for your example and proud to remain the same good guy that you were when you first got here. Most of all, for your friendship. My life and the lives of many have been enriched by it. Think of anything negative when I'm running. When I set my mind to something, I find a way to get it done. She is so damn tough and loyal. When I met Joe, I knew. My brother said, There's this woman, you'll really like her, Joe. So I gave her a call, and she had a date that night. You said, um, do you think you could break your date? Oh, that's right. And, and, and what did you do? Well, I called and uh, told the guy that I had a friend in from out of town and went out with Joe. I was 30, and I was a senator, and I was a widower. Several years earlier, a tractor trailer broadside my wife and three children. My wife was killed, and my daughter was killed. I wasn't big on the whole date scene thing. But when I met Jill, I fell in love with her when I saw her. He said, I'd really like to see you again. So he's looking at his calendar and he's, oh, Thursday. No, no, I'm really busy. No, I'm busy Friday. How about tomorrow? And I thought, buddy, you just blew your cover. She's only since then. <laughs> the boys fell in love with Jill, too. I'm brushing my teeth one morning, and they came running in, and Bowen Hunt said, Dad, we think it's time we marry Jill. <laughs> Swear to God. Ooh, I asked her to marry me five times. It wasn't just my heart that was on the line. I loved the boys so much. I had to be sure that it had to be forever. I'm going to ask you one more time. Will you marry me? She goes like this. Okay. <laughs> she put us back together. She gave me back my life. She gave us back a family. We were raised with the same values. I grew up in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philly. 
My mom was English, Scottish, and my dad was Italian. My grandmother made the homemade noodles that would hang, you know, and she'd be drying her noodles. They're a very close family. She's the eldest of five girls. She's kind of like the godmother <laughs> of all of us. I think we've all seen the feistiness in her. There was a bully in my school. She marched up the street and knocked on his door, and I punched him right in the face. My father fought in World War II. He was a signalman in the Navy, and he was very patriotic. He would take us to watch the Blue Angels, and he was so proud. We worshipped our mother. I can picture her so well reading for hours. She just loved to read, and that had a great influence on me. I went to college at the University of Delaware. Then I taught in the high schools. I mean, I got up every single day so excited to go teach. When I married Joe, I took off time to establish myself as the boy's mom. We don't use the term stepmother. Bowen Hunt said, no, we have a mom and a mommy. Our mommy died. This is our mom. And then along came Ashley. And, uh, our family was complete. Yep. Mm -hmm. When I was growing up, mom was fun. The headbutting started when I was a teenager. There was some conflict. She dealt with it by taking up running. Well, folks, we only have about uh, two minutes, uh, two and a half minutes left of our broadcast show here. We're going to continue the coverage of day two of the National uh, Democratic Convention. Um, here on the after show, so we're going to run until it's completion, which is going to be about another 25 or 30 minutes from now. So um, continue on listening, and the show is going to continue. Uh, we will not be able to take any calls or any comments at the 505-605-9888 number uh, after about another two minutes, but we're going to continue the convention coverage and the uh, broadcast of day two. And uh, as we monitor day three, which is quite exciting, we'll talk about that tomorrow. And uh, Barack Obama gave an amazing, amazing talk tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow and um, and wish you all a great dead night, a great day tomorrow. And we hope to see you on tomorrow's show on Coast to Coast. Yeah, forward to, uh, to hearing from you at that time at 505-605-9888. Look forward to about the 6 o'clock hour in the West Coast. On here on Blog Talk Radio. All the best, folks. Okay. Let's listen uh, for another minute or so. Uh, but but continue on. It's, we're going to continue the show until the day two uh, convention is over. Here we go. Take care, folks. Support military families. Dr. Biden could draw anyone in, and they felt like they were talking to an old friend. That is one of her superpowers. When she was second lady. Jill told me um, that she would like really to continue teaching at community college. And I said, that's insane. You cannot possibly do that. I said, I know I can do both jobs. I never saw her on any day of the week where she wasn't carrying a huge stack of papers to grade. As second lady, she was teaching full time for eight years, 15 credits a semester. These were students who wanted to be in your classroom, and I saw their tenacity, and they were taking care of children, just like I had done. 
she gave 100% from her energy to the students. She's a, a great teacher. We will she is not what Joe like, does. It's who she is. Joe just simply cares. Now. She cares about other people. When Bo was diagnosed with brain cancer, nobody knew what we were going through. The Secret Service, you know, they're not supposed to react to your life or what you're doing. They would whisper, I'm praying for you. Mom, it's your strength that holds this family together. And I know that you will make us whole again. You never stop grieving, ever. But you do have to find purpose. Running for president is too tough to not be together. The future first lady of the United States. That's right. There you go. If Dr. Biden is our first lady, the country will be getting one of the best humans that we have. She has been through some really tough things in her own life, and she knows how hard it can be. The American people in their heart know that she fight like hell for them. We all need community. We need to depend on others for our strength. All American families, we all need each other. And now, please welcome Dr. Jill Biden. I have always loved the sounds of a classroom, the quiet that sparks with possibility just before students shuffle in, the murmur of ideas bouncing back and forth as we explore the world together, the laughter and tiny moments of surprise you find in materials you've taught a million times. When I taught English here at Brandywine High School, I would spend my summer preparing for the school year about to start, filled with anticipation. But this quiet is heavy. You can hear the anxiety that echoes down empty hallways. There's no scent of new notebooks or freshly waxed floors. The rooms are dark as the bright young faces that should fill them are now confined to boxes on a computer screen. I hear it from so many of you, the frustration of parents juggling work while they support their children's learning, or afraid that their kids might get sick from school, the concern of every person working without enough protection, the despair in the lines that stretch out before food banks and the indescribable sorrow that follows every lonely last breath when the ventilators turn off. As a mother and a grandmother, as an American, I am heartbroken by the magnitude of this loss, by the failure to protect our communities, by every precious and irreplaceable life gone. Like so many of you, I'm left asking, 
how do I keep my family safe? You know, motherhood came to me in a way I never expected. I fell in love with a man and two little boys standing in the wreckage of unthinkable loss, mourning a wife and mother, a daughter and sister. I never imagined at the age of 26, I would be asking myself, how do you make a broken family whole? Still, Joe always told the boys, mommy sent Jill to us, and how could I argue with her? And so we figured it out together in those big moments that would go by too fast, Thanksgivings and state championships, birthdays and weddings, in the mundane ones that we didn't even know were shaping our lives, reading stories piled on the couch, rowdy Sunday dinners and silly arguments, listening to the faint sounds of laughter that would float downstairs as Joe put the kids to bed every night while I studied for grad school or graded papers under the pale yellow kitchen lamp, the dinner dishes waiting in the sink. We found that love holds a family together. Love makes us flexible and resilient. It allows us to become more than ourselves together. And though it can't protect us from the sorrows of life, it gives us refuge, a home. How do you make a broken family whole? The same way you make a nation whole. With love and understanding and with small acts of kindness with bravery, with unwavering faith. You show up for each other in big ways and small ones, again and again. It's what so many of you are doing right now for your loved ones, for complete strangers, for your communities. There are those who want to tell us that our country is hopelessly divided, that our differences are irreconcilable. But that's not what I've seen over these last few months. We're coming together and holding on to each other. We're finding mercy and grace in the moments we might have once taken for granted. We're seeing that our differences are precious and our similarities infinite. We have shown that the heart of this nation still beats with kindness and courage. That's the soul of America Joe Biden is fighting for now. After our son Bo died of cancer, I wondered if I would ever smile or feel joy again. It was summer, but there was no warmth left for me. Four days after Bo's funeral, I watched Joe shave and put on his suit. I saw him steal himself in the mirror, take a breath, put his shoulders back, and walk out into a world empty of our son. He went back to work. That's just who he is. There are times when I couldn't even imagine how he did it, how he put one foot in front of the other and kept going. But I've always understood why he did it. 
for the daughter who convinces her mom to finally get a breast cancer screening and misses work to drive her to the clinic. For the community college student who has faced homelessness and survived abuse, but finds the grit to finish her degree and make a good life for her kids. For the little boy whose mom is serving as a Marine in Iraq, who puts on a brave face in his video call and doesn't complain when the only thing he wants for his birthday is to be with her. For all those people Joe gives his personal phone number to at rope lines and events, the ones he talks to for hours after dinner, helping them smile through their loss, letting them know that they aren't alone. He does it for you. Joe's purpose has always driven him forward. His strength of will is unstoppable, and his faith is unshakable because it's not in politicians or political parties or even in himself. It's in the providence of God. His faith is in you, in us. Yes, so many classrooms are quiet right now. The playgrounds are still. But if you listen closely, you can hear the sparks of change in the air. Across this country, educators, parents, first responders, Americans of all walks of life are putting their shoulders back, fighting for each other. We haven't given up. We just need leadership worthy of our nation, worthy of you, honest leadership to bring us back together to recover from this pandemic and prepare for whatever else is next leadership to reimagine what our nation will be. That's Joe. He and Kamala will work as hard as you do every day to make this nation better. And if I have the honor of serving as your first lady, I will too. And with Joe as president, these classrooms will ring out with laughter and possibility once again. The burdens we carry are heavy, and we need someone with strong shoulders. I know that if we entrust this nation to Joe, he will do for your family what he did for ours. Bring us together and make us whole. Carry us forward in our time of need. Keep the promise of America for all of us. Great. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Joe Biden's husband. As you heard tonight, excuse me, you can see why she's the love of my life and the rock of our family. She never gives herself much credit. But the truth is, she's the strongest person I know. She's a backbone like a ramrod. She loves fiercely, cares deeply. Nothing stops her when she sets her mind to getting something right. And you know, for all of you out there across the country, just think of your favorite educator who gave you the confidence to believe in yourself. That's the kind of first lady, 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 this Jill Biden will be. God love you. So go to JoeBiden.com to join our campaign. 
Thank you all for watching. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Hey folks, how we doing? Andy Kimball here. I'm going to call the show to an end here. I want to thank you for listening. Tomorrow we're going to continue our coverage of the Democratic National Convention. We've been monitoring day three as you've been listening to day two here on the Coast to Coast show. And you're in for a treat tomorrow to hear Barack Obama, who's just so eloquent, so amazing. I can't believe he went from one to the other, uh, from uh, Barack Obama, Donald, uh, Obama to Donald Trump. Just amazes me. Anyway, um, I can't believe we did this. I mean, just what a difference. Uh, you'll hear uh, from uh, Barack Obama tomorrow. You'll hear, uh, you'll hear um, Kamala Harris tomorrow and some others. And we look forward to continuing our coverage of the DNC convention on Coast to Coast. Call us if you disagree with anything we're doing here or if you don't want to hear any more of this convention, you don't like or you like what we're doing, you can email us also at the Andy and Lloyd Show at gmail.com or call our number at 515-605-9888. We're going to go back to our headquarters here and do some more work, more investigative work, find out the truth from the false, false, false cities, the false claims um, here on the show. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, the 20th of August, 2020, for continuing coverage of the Democratic National Convention here on the Coast to Coast Show. Thanks for tuning in, folks.